Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Amen. He's risen. Come on. Today, whatever struggle, whatever problem, whatever you're going through, there is a risen king, a risen God. His name is Jesus, who is above all those things. Every single one. It's amazing. This this really is my favorite holiday to celebrate the whole year because we're talking about the victory in Christ. We're talking about everything that we need comes in this moment when Jesus is raised from the dead. It's the fullness of all those things comes when he's raised from the dead. There's something the Lord spoke to me as, as I was retreating and praying about this service is that, that he, he wants us to really begin to elevate his name, elevate who he is, and, and, and really understand that it's not just a cliche. His name is just not a thing we say, like, well, Jesus, oh, well, bless Jesus. Well, bless God, I'll just bless Jesus. Oh, yeah, well, Jesus, just whatever, you know. If we don't believe in, in, in what his name really stands for, understand, then it becomes just a saying. It just becomes a thing we just sort of throw out there rather than the power that's truly in the risen Christ is fully represented and the authority of his resurrection is in his name. Let's read Philippians chapter two and it says that he humbled himself for us, right? But in, and in that, this obedience to a death, even death on a cross in verse nine, this is where we wanna focus. It says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess on earth and under the earth uh, whatever, I'm reading it backwards. Did I mess that up? I started quoting it in my mind, all right? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what happens when you read multiple versions of the Bible, by the way, and then you start quoting them. You get lost. His name is above every single name. So we get this understanding that the word above means to extend over, extend help to. It's it's above, the authority above everything. But the word, the name, the word name means really title and reputation. It's what that name carries. See, your name carries a title and reputation, doesn't it? We we have a title and reputation and it's like, hey, that's, that's who I am. That's me. It's me right? We have this understanding about, you know, and, and, and it carries a weight, basically, of what we've accomplished and done in our life. But our name does not have the same kind of weight and power, title, and reputation as the name of Jesus. See, before I got saved, I kind of thought my name was sort of awesome. Before I had Jesus in my life, um, on the inside, I was desperate, lost, and lonely, and, and hurting. But on the outside, externally, I used all my charismatic gifts to like project that I well, had it all together. Inside, dying, outwardly, thought I was amazing. Probably not everybody thought I was amazing. It was just in my own mind. <laughs> But that name had a reputation. Josh Tanner. Ooh, who's that guy? (laughs) Or it's like, Josh Tanner, that guy. 
Depends on how people thought about me. But it carried something. See, Jesus' name carries a weight, carries an authority. Ephesians 1, chapter 20, in this same mighty power, this is the same mighty power, sorry, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Pause for a second. His power, his name, his title, his reputation is over every leader, all authority, every power in this world and the one to come. That's a, that's a pretty big title reputation right there. So whatever you think about Trump, whatever you think about all these other leaders out there, whatever, who, who the leader was before, whoever the leader will be after him, whoever the leader is in Korea or North Korea, come on, Syria, all these other places, crazy stuff going on in the world. There's one name that's above all those names. And then it's the name of Jesus. See, every single one of those powers and authorities has been given to Jesus and they're all under him. Verse 22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Wow, that's a big thing to think about. He's put all things under his authority and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. This is good news for you and I. Jesus has everything underneath him and it's under the banner of his name for your benefit, for my benefit. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere in himself. Just look at this. Every gap that you have in your life, every gap that there is in this world, Jesus comes and he fills. He fills it. So you have gaps in your life. There are places where you feel like you don't measure up or struggles in your life where things are just not going the way you wish they would go. You have trouble or torment or illness or whatever. Listen, Jesus, he has the authority by his name to come in and fill that space and make up the difference. Wow. See, I'm just guessing that you're a little bit like me and maybe just a lot like me. You're probably like this little white kid that grew up in Nikiski by a chemical plant, right? <laughs> I'm just thinking you must be a little bit like me. And maybe we were all different sizes, shapes, genders, races, right? We might have all kinds of that kind of stuff going on. But on the inside, I think you might just be a little bit like me. And maybe if I'm right, a lot of bit like me. See, when I grew up, I, I grew up like a very lonely human being. I was, there was only 4,000 people in my entire town, and I'm about the most extroverted human being that's ever been placed on the planet. <clears throat> and so I talked to myself a lot. <laughs> Looking in front of the mirror, alone. Hey, Josh. How are you today? And then I'd talk back to myself. I know, you might be thinking I'm weird, but... How many of you guys ever felt alone? Okay, see, you grew up a little bit like me. You know, I was so lonely, and my brother was kind of like a mute. And I just talked to him all the time. 
and he'd be all like, shut up. He put his headphones on, turn on the TV, do his homework at the same time when I tried to talk to him. And so one time I got so frustrated that I, I heated up my knife on the stove until it was glowing. And then I touched him with it. <laughs> Say, that's bad. You're bad. <laughs> I mean, how many ever been so alone that you did something stupid? Have you ever felt so bad inside that you acted out? Nobody ever been like that? Maybe you, anybody? Come on, all right. Maybe you're a little bit like me. <laughs> maybe not that bad. You know, when I was young, I remember there was this girl I liked, and so I got on my bike, started riding to her house. That's how I rode when I thought it was cool. But it wasn't so cool because my bike had no seat. It just had the post. You got to be careful when you're going over bumps when you're riding a bike like that. That's <laughs> like. Keep it going side to side all the time. Opposites. <laughs> so I show up at their house. I got my bike with no seat. Mullet. This is beautiful. That's why guys like mullets, because when they ride, it just feels awesome. So I show up, and then a couple of my other friends are there, and they are, uh, there's these two girls, and then two guys there, and then me, right? And so they all start talking. And then they like kind of walk away and they go climb in this boat. You know, because a boat parked in the driveway. And then I remember I heard them, they were closing the door. They go, if we stay in here long enough, maybe he'll leave. <laughs> so I remember riding my bike home. <laughs> no seat. And I was feeling pretty rejected. I was pretty, feeling pretty left out. And you've ever been left out of a group? Ever, been, ever had something like that happen to you where people, they get together and they just leave you out? And sometimes they do it on purpose and they want you to know. And have you ever felt like that before? Rejected? Yeah. See, you grew up like me. <laughs> Maybe not the seat, but. <laughs> and this is kind of serious. <clears throat> this is very serious, so. The other ones kind of had little jokes built into them. But, um, you know, I, when I grew up and uh, my, my mom and dad got divorced and then I, uh, my father remarried <clears throat> and he married this great gal. Man, I loved her. She was fantastic. And we just had a great relationship. And, and you know, um, then she got cancer. And it was really sad. It really broke my heart. I was really afraid for her. And she didn't know Jesus. And she had a surgery. And, and at the time of her surgery, I was able to lead her to Christ. It was amazing, and she got radically saved. And then it looked like the surgery was successful, and she had about two months, three months, where it was just awesome, and she was serving Jesus. God had lit her up. I, you know, some people you see, when God gets in their heart, they get so transformed and so set free. It's just unbelievable. It's just the miracle of God. And then the cancer came back, and it was just, right when it came back, it was just a couple weeks, and she was gone. And I remember being outside, we we're camping at my dad's place. We had a camper out front when she was really about to pass. And I remember that the last night that she was alive, I couldn't sleep all night. I was just crying out to God, 
for him, her to him just reach down and just heal her and just save her. She know he did save her. She ended up going to heaven that night. She passed away, but have you ever felt powerless watching other people suffer? There's, a, there's something going on that you just seem, I just can't, I can't change that. Maybe you're a little bit like me. You know, before I came to know Jesus, I was totally lost. I mean, just lost. And I remember I was this extroverted guy with this loneliness inside where no one ever really knew me. And I felt in my heart, I actually believe no one really loved me. Not one person. That's how I lived my whole life. And I remember I was feeling these pains in my body. And I had read some article or whatever, and it, and it looked like I had these key points. I'm, I was like, I have cancer. I know I do. So I believed in my heart that I had cancer as a 14-year-old young man. Zero Bible, never been to church, completely lost and lonely, and afraid no one would ever show up to my funeral. I was afraid I'd be alone. And so what I did was I went and made every friend I could. I tried to make an impact in every person's life I could. It's completely blind to know Jesus and, and tell them just, just so that they might show up. So at my funeral, I wouldn't be alone. That's how I lived my life as a teenager. Until someone whom I just decided to marry because she told me about Jesus. You might not want to do that. I mean, it worked for me, but it might not work for you. <laughs> Disclaimer. Told me, you know what, Josh? There's a God-shaped hole inside of you. And that's what you're trying to fill. And if you don't fill that with Jesus, the name above all names, you, you will never fill that fulfillment. You're going to be empty. And at that moment, God spoke to me audibly in my ears. I couldn't believe no one else heard it because I heard him say as loud as if you were talking to me today, Josh, I'm real and this is what you've been searching for. The Holy Spirit filled my life. Boom. I'd never been in a church service. I never opened a Bible, but God wanted to meet me. And he filled me to, oh, I mean, it was just like blasting out every pore in my body. I felt... I, did, I felt accepted. I felt known. I knew I was not alone. The name above all names had come and rescued me. Anybody ever feel lost? Feel alone? Without hope? Well, guess what? You might just be a little bit like me. In fact, you might be a little bit like some of these people in the Bible. In fact, there was two blind men that Jesus was ministering and he goes walking down the street and there's these two blind men that are following him and they're shouting out, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what Jesus does? He keeps walking. And then he goes into a house, two blind men searching for Jesus, shouting his name and he goes inside. <laughs> You're like, what? And they find him. And when they open the door, it's like, the way it's written, it's like, he's standing right there. He's waiting for them. He knows they're coming. He, they're going to find me. They are hungry, but they're blind. They, and he come in and he goes, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Durr. <laughs> We're blind. <laughs> we want to see. But he wants... God wants you to pursue him. 
He wants to test your faith, say, you really want to see? I want you to say it. All I'm asking for you to do is to, to, to follow me, come after me, and then I just want you to say it. Jesus, will you heal me? Oh, you're, because you know, he wants you to know it's him. It's his name that saves, nothing else. You want it, do you want it? So you might just be a little bit like these blind men. Ever feel like, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, I don't know what the answer is, I don't know what the solution is, I don't know how to solve this problem, but I, I, I do know I gotta go find you, Jesus, because your name is above every name, that's the name I need. Just go knock on whatever door it takes, feel your way around till you find him. Jesus says, if you search for me, you'll find me. He knew they'd find him. There's another guy in the Bible. You might've heard of him. His name is Peter. And uh, Peter, Peter's a good guy, man. I like this guy. He's one of Jesus's main disciples. And Peter and, his, and the, some of the other disciples were in this boat and they're rowing across the, the lake. And Jesus is hanging back and you know, they ministered, and I know Jesus is thinking, I'm going to freak these guys out tonight. It's going to be so awesome. Oh, I can't wait to see their eyes. Goes out. It gets creepy. It gets dark, and they're rowing, and he's all like, I like Jesus, man. This is what I would do. If I was Jesus, if I was God, I'd be sneaking up on people on water all the time. <laughs> I don't know why I like scaring people. It's so fun. Jesus walking on water. They're freaking out. They see him coming. They're thinking, it's a ghost. And Jesus says, no, it's me. Peter is like, Lord, that's you? He's thinking, you're on the water. He goes, if it's you, tell me to jump out of the boat and I'll come out to you. And he goes, jump out the boat. Peter's like, here I go. He gets out. He's literally walking on the water. And he's walking to Jesus. And then he starts to look around. He starts to think, I'm walking on the water. And he's real. And he looks at the wind and the waves. And his mind, his natural mind starts to catch up to him. And he begins to sink. Then when he's sinking, he reaches up. And he says, Jesus, save me. And Jesus grabs him by the hand and pulls him up on top of the water. He goes, whoo. That was a gross one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, man. Any of you ever feel like in your life, you take a risk, you step out, and you're on the waters, and the, but the waves and the circumstances around your life, they start to crash in around you, and you start to feel overwhelmed. Anybody ever feel like you're sinking? Yeah, you're a little bit like Peter too, huh? Yeah, me too. So they're really neat guy in the Bible, his name is Jarius. And he was a synagogue ruler. And one time, he uh, had, ran to Jesus because his daughter was sick and ill and actually about to die. And so, him being a synagogue ruler, I want you to think about this. He was like a, almost like a politician, but he was a, he was a leader. He had a friend group. He had a, a group of people around him, Pharisees, Sadducees, other rulers that, that, he fit in with, and you know what? Those guys did not like Jesus. Those are the ones that Jesus was always kind of being hard and like, hey, you guys need to shape up. You're out of line. 
And they were always persecuting Jesus. And so, but, but, but this, this ruler was so desperate, nothing else could save his daughter. And he knew it was just one person, one name above all names that he had to go to. So in the public setting, in the middle of a banquet, he goes over to Jesus and he says, I need you to come save my daughter. She's gonna die. And he risked it all. You know, he had, to, he had to turn away from his whole friend group and just sacrifice it all, all of his prestige, all of his position, his title, his name, his reputation, so that his daughter could be saved. Jesus goes, let's go. Gets right up, they walk over there. There's all these flute players and mourners and like, in mourning, Jesus says, get you guys out of here. Goes back in there and says, get up. He doesn't have to say in the name of Jesus because he is Jesus. It is his name. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> get up in my name. She gets up totally well, healed. God's just moving in power. You ever feel so desperate? You just, maybe like Jarius, like, man, if I choose Jesus, I'm gonna... It's going to change everything. I have to give up my name, my title, my reputation because of him. But sometimes, and there is a time when you and I will get into a place, and maybe you're in a place like this today, where it's now worth it. Because the pain in your current circumstance is overwhelming. You have no answers. You're powerless and hopeless without him. And maybe it's you're interceding for someone else like I was for my uh, stepmother that passed away. And I was crying out to God, if it wasn't for Jesus in the midst of that valley, I don't know where I would have been. It's another lady in the Bible. She had an illness that was going on for years. Long time. She had a long time struggle. And when Jesus was walking by in the middle of the crowd, actually when he was going to Jairus' house, this woman saw him and the crowds are pressing up against him and everybody's touching Jesus and she does this thing. She knows she has this illness in her body and she reaches out. She says, if I can just touch his cloak, I know I'll be healed because the power of Jesus's name will heal me. So she reaches out, she touches his cloak. Boom, the power goes out from Jesus. It was so, he could feel it. He turns around and he goes, what just happened? Someone touched me, different than the other people. So something came out of me. I felt the power come out of me. And she goes, it was me. And he goes, what's going on? She tells him the story. He says, your faith has made you well. Ooh, man, your faith has made you well. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to, how, how, what are you willing to press through and to reach out to, to encounter, to experience the power of God? You've got to reach out to his name through the crowd, whatever it takes. It's the faith to do whatever it takes, just like this woman. Anybody ever have some kind of struggle in your life? It just keeps catching up to you. It just won't go away. It's a physical illness. Maybe it's certain troubles. You know, certain, certain problems, they send, tend to follow us, don't they? Like, how come this one or two problems follows me everywhere? It's all these people around me with that same problem bugging me. There's this Amazing thing, it's kind of made out of melted sand. It's called a mirror. And when you look into it, you see things. And the things you see in that mirror could answer your question. Is that the problems that you are encountering that seem to be following you all around, 
probably found in the mirror. There's a lot of times there's stuff going on inside of us that we're bringing around. It's like in our little internal suitcase. Packing problems. Oh my. Anybody relate to that? See, like this woman reaching out, there's an answer for you. There's a solution for you. There's a solution for me. And it's found in the name of Jesus. See, there are some hurts and wounds in our life that are trying to define us. There's wounds and hurts, past experiences, troubles that you've been in, mistakes that you've made that are trying to define you. In fact, the enemy wants you to identify with those things. He wants that to be the banner over you. He wants you to buy into the lie that you are those things, that that's your title, your reputation. When you buy into that lie, guess what? That is more than just a disempowering move that begins to undermine your very identity in who you are, who you're made to be. Our injuries, our past, we, we gotta make a move to not allow those things to define us. Broken relationships, bad marriages, lost jobs. Man, I just always yell at my kids. <laughs> Why does that thing just keep coming back? People are always leaving me. I'm not feeling like I ever fit in. I'm lonely again. I'm afraid and paralyzed again and again. I don't know what your story is. I don't know where you're, where is your hurt? Where is your tape? What is, keeps coming back? What is trying to define you? But I do know this, is that you're not defined by your struggle. You're not defined by your mistake. And you're not defined by your past. You are defined by the name of Jesus. His name is the banner over you. You get to carry his title, his reputation, everywhere you go, if you, like Peter, like the blind man, like the woman, when you're reaching out, you're lost, you feel, you pursue him. When you're sinking, you reach up and you grab Jesus, I need you. See, when we reach out to his name, his name becomes a banner over us. So cool. This is this hard to even believe sometimes. That God is really this good. That he really loves us this much. That you don't have to carry the title and the power of your reputation. You get to carry his. See, his name is always powerful and it always delivers. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. This is perfect. It's set up. Your weakness is where he shows off best. Say, wait, God, you're, do your best work when I'm struggling and terrible. This is really a good setup. I just need to do something super smart. Here's one really, really smart thing that you and I can do all the time is reach out to the name of Jesus. Look at this passage. This passage is such a cool passage. It says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. 
How do you, how do you draw close to God? How does this even happen? Well, there's more than one way, but I'm telling you right now, when you call on the name of Jesus, when you say his name, man, he comes rushing in. He is, a, he is a, a warrior, a rescuer that comes rushing in. And his name is so powerful. There is nothing that can overcome his name. Remember it says that his name is above everything. All authority, every Lord, every kingdom, it's over all things. See, there is power in his name. The blind can see in the name of Jesus. The dead will be raised in the name of Jesus. Bodies will be healed. Broken hearts will be mended. Marriages restored. Children will turn back to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, addictions will be shattered. Lives will be changed. Demons will flee. Knees will bow. Depression will be lifted. Hope will return. In the name of Jesus, people will be saved. Lives will be made new. Chains of sin will be broken. Chains and bondage in our life will be broken. Fear will be broken. Whatever is holding you back will be broken in the name of Jesus. But let me show you a passage. This passage has been a huge comfort to me in my life. <clears throat> and it's Psalms 18.2. The Lord is my rock. My fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Let's just read this one more time. I want you to just really think about this. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and deliverer. My God is my rock, rock in whom I take refuge. The, the, this little passage right here, this is a key. Every single story that I told you today, in the Bible and in my personal life. I take refuge. They took refuge in Jesus. There was an action of calling on his name, going to his name, running to him. There's, there is no solution outside of this. This is the key. Is in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our weakness, that's where he's powerful. See, this place of refuge, it, it, it's like in the, in the Old Testament, they had these times where they had these strongholds where if you were in trouble, you could run to them. There's actually standing armies and walls and stuff that would protect you, but you had to run into it. If you're like, well, there's a place of refuge out there. I mean, but I'm gonna stand right here and just see what happens. If you're in trouble, go to the place of refuge. If you're in trouble today, Run to Jesus. He is your strength, your strong tower, your fortress. He's your refuge. He's your shield. But you've got to run to his name. There is an action that must take place. Is that We have to go to him. We have to cry out to him. We have to reach out to him. Romans 8, 38. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He, God's got a sticky kind of love. Right? It's sticky. You can't get out of this deal. It's amazing. You give your heart to him, you rescue, he rescues you. 
You're stuck. Can't get off. And you don't want him to get off. You want him there because when you reach out to him, it doesn't matter all the circumstances around. His love just comes in. And it's like a rushing wave. It's like a rushing tidal wave of love that rescues you again and again and again and will never let go. His name is above every name. See, in this passage, it says there's no other authority or power that can separate you because he is the ultimate power and authority and his name is over it all. His title, his reputation is so weighty, no one can change it here on earth or even in heaven. And his his. It's above, it reaches out and extends to your problem. It's beautiful. Never be separated from his love. Oh man. So what's going on in your heart today? What is the Lord doing in your heart today? Is not just a cheesy holiday with bunnies and eggs and stuff. This is the day Jesus raised from the dead. And he purchased all of this. That he came to resurrect each one of us. The promise is that you and I don't have to live in these bodies. We get new ones. We get a new life. And everybody over 40 says, hallelujah. You might not be over 40 yet and you're thinking, hey, this thing's pretty good. Kind of like my temple. Get ready. <laughs> the end is coming nigh. <laughs> it doesn't get more awesome in your physical body, but man, does it get more awesome in your spiritual, your spiritual man. And, and the hope in this resurrection is the hope of new life is solution to your problem today and for eternity. That is the, that is the beautiful thing. So we're going to sing. I just want you to, you can sing with, with us, but I mean, there are things that need to be broken. There are things that need to be changed. And it's in the name of Jesus. And God wants to change your life today. He wants to minister to you today and not just come in and go out, but God wants to fill you up. He wants to come into the space, your space, and fill you all the way up, every single person here. There's no person here that needs to leave without encountering the presence of God and ask God what it needs to shift what in your life is in trouble what in your life are you ready to just see break You've got, we've got to be like these folks and just, just take our troubles and we've got to call on the name of Jesus and I'm believing he's going to break it he's going to break it loose thank you Jesus oh you're high and lifted up Jesus you're high and lifted up oh Jesus your name is above every name every problem I have every discouragement I have, all the depression that I have, the loneliness I have, your name is above it all, God. Over every unanswered question, your name is above every name. Over all my fear, your name is above every name. 
Thank you, Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, it's your favor, it's your power, it's you that causes us to win and be victorious. So right now, by your power, by your authority, Jesus, we just we just speak blessing over your people, over every marriage, over every family. God, we're believing you're breaking things loose. You're breaking loose bondage, breaking fear off of people. You're breaking off just uh, destructive behaviors and addictions are broken now in Jesus' name. And God, we trust you, Lord, in our fear and our hopelessness. God, we a hope in you. God, you're our only hope. God, I pray for a hope to rise up, love to rise up in this church and in your people. God, I pray you bless every new believer here, every person who just reached out to you. God, I pray that your love would overwhelm them today. And God, you would encourage your people and let us experience just the richness of your joy and your favor and your blessing in our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.